Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks, and I've got Ben with me. How are you doing today, Ben? Uh, you know what, man? I am always doing well when I run into you and get a chance to uh, talk about some cars or really just in- anything high speed, well, right? I've got a surprise for you then. We're going to not talk about cars today. Wait, what? Wait, yeah. nope. what show are we on? Well, well it's high speed okay. stuff, I you're know. Right, but you're right. Okay, go high on. High speed trains. That's oh. what we're going to go for today. High speed trains because um, it seems like it just seems like a logical move for us. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, uh, it's not necessarily automotive, not really what we normally do, not in our wheelhouse, but I think uh, high-speed trains are interesting. And it's fast. Very fast, yeah. Well, we'll find out just how fast as we kind of progress here, but um, I guess what we need to do first is we need to define what a high-speed train really is, right? That's just what I was going to ask you. What is a high-speed train? I didn't mean to jump on you. No, no, it's like you're reading my mind. What do you think would be fast right now? Because um, I I think I have an an idea that you you know this answer already. But uh, Fast right now. Hit me with it. If you know it for sure, just, just tell me. Um, fast right now for a train, mm-hmm. I would say uh, a high-speed train would mm-hmm. be over 200. Over 200? You know what? You're right. It would be over 200, but okay. we'll we'll get into the, the upper limits of that right now. But okay. what are the lower limits of what would be considered a high-speed train versus just a pretty fast train? Okay, so, so a high-speed train versus just your run-of-the-mill average Joe Schmo train. Yeah, and I'll, okay. I'll give it away by saying there's no clear definition of it right now, but just a ballpark. Oh, okay. Uh, ballpark, I would say probably the lower limit has got to be somewhere around 100 miles an hour. You're very, very close, yeah. Um, most of the uh, documentation that I've been looking at in the last couple of days mm-hmm. says that any, anywhere between 125 and 150 is considered a high-speed train. Okay. So 100, I mean, also, do you hear what I'm saying? That there's mm-hmm. a train. Now, you know how big a train is, and you know yes. where trains go through towns and across uh, crossings with uh, with other vehicles. 
125 to 150 miles per hour. And those are heavy. It's a lot harder uh, to get a train going that quickly, it's right? It's very difficult to get a train. Actually, to get it going, I don't know if it's, it, it probably is very difficult. There's enormous motors involved. Um, and you know what? You're just reminding me. I want to I say something right now. One of our listeners had, had mentioned a lot, or this is maybe a month ago, okay. uh, had written in and said that, um, and this is Mark from Little Rock, Arkansas. Hi, Mark. He, he mentioned earlier that um, most trains right now are diesel-electric hybrids. I don't know if you knew that or not. You know what? I saw that email. I you did? Think, oh, yeah. Okay, very good. You know what? Okay. I, I did not know that until you told us, Mark. No, he, um, yeah, I didn't either. He, um, and I just really hadn't even considered it. I, yeah, I thought they were all steam. Then I can't believe you'd say that, but. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I didn't okay. say it. I was like, really? Steam train. No, that's like okay. turn of the century. Type. That's right. Turn of the uh, 19th century. Anyways, no, 20th, whatever. He, <laughs> I get that mixed up every time, don't I? It happens Any, to all of us. Anyways, he, he mentioned that uh, there, there were uh, most trains are diesel electric hybrids right now. Uh-huh. Um, so you've got a diesel engine powering an electric motor, which then drives the, drives the train. Okay. So where was I going with that? I forget. But the. Uh, the, the idea that you know it takes a lot of energy to get this thing moving. Yep. Well, those motors, we, as we know, have a lot of torque, yes. um, so they they probably get the thing going pretty quickly in most cases. Stopping a train that's another that's another uh, story. Now you probably use the exact same thing that they do in a hybrid car, where you can use uh, regenerative braking and uh, oh, you know, right. yeah. those in a generator motor. I don't know if it necessarily is truly regenerative braking, but um, the motor can work against the wheels in order to slow it down. And these can't stop on a dime. No, 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 no. It takes a long, long time to slow down a train. Even even now, I'm saying even modern trains, it takes a long time to slow down. Well, before we get to modern trains, it, let's talk about how far back in history high-speed trains go. Oh, actually, they go way back. Um, if you want... Well, well I, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Let me interrupt. And I, I'm sorry, but I've got to interrupt here, my friends. Um don't pull that Da Vinci mood on, move on me again, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Da Vinci didn't uh, develop high-speed trains. I, I don't think. Yeah. He may have. I, you know what? I'll probably need Maybe to Maybe we just haven't that. found that notebook. Oh, maybe. Yeah, he, yeah. Probably, he probably did. He probably Fill, invented... Filling in our listeners real quick. He probably invented flying trains. Right. Filling in yeah. our listeners really quick. Uh, a couple of times, Scott has pulled something on me that I'm calling the Da Vinci move, uh, officially, <laughs> where he asked me how far back I think something goes. And you usually say, 1960. Sure. I mean, you know, that's a, I feel like that's a good, solid guess. Yeah. That's like picking C on the test. Mm-hmm. But uh, no. So No, it usually goes back to 1490. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm learning now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. okay. Now, this, this I'm not going to claim uh, going back that far, but I do want to say, and we'll kind of start it here. We'll just say that in, let's say, 1900, okay. an, a train would be going pretty quickly if it was moving around 90 or even 100 miles per hour. Oh, yes. Um, that, that was the old steam-powered engines that... I mentioned earlier, <laughs> uh, but um, flat joke earlier. But if you really want to talk about high-speed trains, what, like what we're talking about, the 125 miles per hour or even faster, the Italians, the Italians in 1939, they had a train that would go two. I'm sorry, 126 miles per hour. Um, now that's the train. The train's called the ETR 200, and they've got variations of this that still operate that are still high-speed trains. They go, you know, much faster. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you progress to the 1960s, believe it or not, the U.S. and Canada had a high-speed train. We did. We did. We don't anymore. Uh, this was called the Turbo Train, and it ran between Boston and New York and between Toronto and Montreal. And in 1967, it reached a top speed of 171 miles per hour. 
That's not too shabby. Yeah, not too bad. Um, so, and that, you know, as a matter of fact, it's still the North American record. Um, and that's on a conventional track, too, like just a, uh, you know, regular metal track, metal wheels, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're looking at me. Like no, because I, I think I know like. where you're going with that. Okay. But, but go on. Don't <laughs> let me spoil it. All right. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. So, anyways, the, the turbo train was reti- retired in 1982, and uh, that's mainly because it just wasn't able to travel at the speeds that it was designed for, and it was old. and um, mm. Infrastructure, was, I guess. Exactly. Infrastructure. We just didn't have the, uh, the infrastructure for it. Um, and in the late 70s and early 80s, um, Italy and France both kind of got into the game uh, a little little more in depth. Uh, now, remember, the Italians have the ETR versions of the right. train. Um, I think, I'll, I'll guess here, I think it's up around 450 is their version now. And I don't know what the numbers mean exactly, but, um, <laughs> you know, they, they go 300, 400, whatever. There's sure. there's a, a series there, a progression. Okay. I think they're up to around 450. Um, France now has something called the TGV train, which stands for, and I'll butcher this name. All right. Train a grande vitesse. I really take you there, don't I? I'm like, it's like I'm French. <laughs> I, just, I was looking for your yeah. beret, actually. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyways, that, that, train, that train can travel at speeds up to 199 miles per hour. That's pretty cool. That's not bad. And that was in uh, you know the late 70s and early 80s that we're talking about. And that train has been around for you know, some time. They've got, uh, I guess, the French corridor, as they say, uh-huh. um, where the train is allowed to travel at its fastest point. Uh, just perfect for it. You know, long, and- flat stretches. Okay, wait. That's that's where we're getting to a different question oh. about the tracks. Should we go there yet, or should we yeah, talk about? Why not? You know what? And then I'll pick it right back up with this. Yeah. Um, okay. So the tracks, I get. Yeah, the tracks are vital in this case. I mean, they, they have to be straight. They have to be very flat. Of course, you know, all train tracks have to be very even, of course, and in sure. good condition to operate. But uh, for a high-speed train to operate, it needs a long, flat uh, stretch of stretch of track, and also, another thing that I'm finding is, it, you know, doing my reading here, is that a um, a mountain pass is kind of difficult for them to do because they have to cut it, you know, cut through the mountain. They can't necessarily go over top of the mountain unless there's because a of the slope. Yeah, well, it's unless there's a um, well because of the speed. You don't want to, you know, crest a mountaintop going 150 miles an hour or 200 miles an hour. Good point. Uh, <laughs> you might become airborne. You didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The idea is that they cut through the mountain and, and keep it as flat as possible. Now, you'd say you can go around the mountain, but um, there you're dealing with turns. And, again, these things are going so fast that turning is often difficult for them or, you know, not not exactly the best situation. I mean, it's not that it's super dangerous, but it's uncomfortable for the passengers. Oh, because of the speed and the and the gravi- gravity involved? Well, what yeah, I mean, just because, yeah, you're right. You'd be pressed against the wall if you were to turn on a flat track at the speeds that we're talking about. So... A lot of these trains, and this is, I'm actually glad you said that, because um, a lot of them have developed tilting technology so that the, the train tilts as it enters the turn. Um, they don't tilt the tracks, the, the train tilts. Okay, so the track is still flat. The track is still flat um, because, you know, you can't have every train going the exact same speed when they enter a turn. If, if it was tilted, if it was banked like a, um, like a race course, mm-hmm. um, if a train is going slow enough, I guess it could potentially even fall off the tracks. Wow. I, I would think, um, but it, you know, if it were to hit it at the right speed, an angled track would work out okay. But it would have to be exactly the right speed. So that's dangerous because if there was some uh, obstruction that they had to slow down for earlier, or something, you know, something, anything before then or after that turn that modified the speed they could take it at. Exactly, or if there was another train on that uh, on that same rail, because oh, wow. oftentimes now they should be on 
uh, their own dedicated rails, and some are depending on the speed. But um, others do share rails with other trains, and that's not—it's not always the case, but sometimes it happens. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Having uh, well, let me reveal something to you, Scott. Mm-hmm. I have never been in charge of a train or a train company or anything. <laughs> I know I've got quite a checkered wow. past, but yeah, <laughs> yeah let me just—I'm shocked. Let, I just wanted to let you know, man. Um, so take it with a grain of salt. That sounds like a terrible idea to not have dedicated tracks. For trains that are going hundreds of miles, you now? know what I, I've I've kind of I've barely taken a look yeah. at this, you know, okay. because some a lot of them say that you know they need to be on dedicated tracks and some aren't, and I don't know where that's the case and where I it see. isn't the case. Now there's some that we're going to talk about in a moment that mm-hmm. they have to be on a dedicated track, and you'll find out why because there's uh, there's no way anything's getting out of the way of this train. Okay, all right, so. All right. Have I, I whetted your appetite for this now? Yes. Because that's exactly where we are. Uh, we we had left off with um, the TGV train in France that's uh-huh. uh, capable of right around 200 miles per hour, right? Uh-huh. 99, I think yes. I said. Now, there are a couple of uh, world records that I want to share with you. Okay. And, well, let's just say that so far all the trains we've talked about are conventional. Uh, that means that they have metal wheels and they have metal tracks. And they make contact with the tracks. Yeah, they make contact with the tracks and... Um, amount of friction and you know everything else involved with that but um, where are you going with this well <laughs> this is kind of cool this is a little space age stuff okay um now there's something called a magnetic levitation train which is also uh, called a maglev train so this this train levitates itself above the track it rides on a cushion of air wow yeah okay i know i think i know the ones you're, are you talking about the ones in japan i am that yes. stuff that is magic, man. Yep. So I don't you've, even you've know. seen them then. Yeah, I, well, I've seen videos of it, but yep. I, I have not. I have not yet gone to uh, on a maglev train ride. Neither have I. No. But, but yeah. I'd like to. Yeah, if we're in Japan, we should definitely go. I think so, and probably it's probably a strange experience because uh, it's so smooth, mm. and it would be. I think I think it makes kind of a humming noise. They said when it enters the station, you can hear it humming. Wow, and that's kind of, and you're floating. You're floating on magnetic force. That yeah, that's, just blows me away. That's right. I have no idea how high this thing floats off of the track. I'm mm. sure that there's some kind of safety sure. uh, that keeps it on there. <laughs> I hope. Well, there has to be because otherwise it would just wildly yeah. float away. And they've been running it for years, right? Yeah, so. that's right. It's been around for a while. So are you saying that the conventional trains and the maglev trains have different world records? They do. And as you may guess, um, you know, there's, there's one for – an. I guess the maglev trains are called a non-conventional train. Okay. The conventional trains are just a conventional train. But these are land speed records for um, for rail. Eh, boy, I messed that up. I'll, I'll figure out exactly what that they're, is. In a moment here, how about rail speed records? Uh, yeah, land speed records, but um, specifically for trains. Yes. They are considered land speed records. Okay. Um because rail records, they, they go back to um, the rocket sled. Rocket sled on rails. Yeah. yeah, we did yeah. that one. Yeah, that's cool. We I read some more stuff about that, by the way. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, astonish me, Scott. <laughs> what, what's, our, what's our world record? World record for, um, which do you want first, conventional or maglev? Dude, I want, I want conventional first, and then I want to go to the future with the maglev. All right. It's not dramatically different, I'll tell you that. I'm sorry to burst your bubble there. No, but. it's okay. Okay, it's conventional right. train. Yeah. Uh, the France, I guess, has built, or France has built um, the next generation of TGV train, which they call the AGV, um, which stands for, here we go again. Here we go again. Get your cleaver out. <laughs> I, th- I believe it's Automotrice à Grand Vatisse. You know, I, I don't know enough French. I'm sure yeah. we'll get a listener. That was terrible. Recommendation. No, I, that was, I'll admit that was terrible. That was noble and so, courageous. Anyways, that, the, uh, the record 
get this. Uh-huh. 357 miles per hour. 357 wow. miles per hour on a train, on rails, on, on metal wheels, on a metal rail. I mean, that just seems dangerous. 357 miles per hour. Now, Formula One race cars go, uh, what is it, a maximum of right around 240. And that would be if they had a long enough stretch and top mm. speed. Yeah. We're talking 357 miles per hour. Quick question. Yeah. Is this, uh, is this also, can we see this in that video that you showed me? Yes. Okay, guys, uh, Scott uh, sent me this video, as, as we often do with research for this, and uh, it just said, look at this, basically. And uh, I don't know. I guess I feel like I'm doing it a disservice trying to describe it. But it's, it's, you can check it out on YouTube. It's, it's a pretty short clip, mm-hmm. uh, about 9, 10 minutes long. And it's just shots of this train building up to, its, to a maximum speed, I guess. Yeah, this is the recording of the world record run, the, uh, the 357 miles per hour. Um, and if you want to search for it, it's only five, and a, five minutes and 45 five seconds. Five minutes, okay. Yeah, and it's called, if, I'll give you the exact title, French High Speed Train Breaks World Record. Simple as that. But it is an awesome video, and especially, I, I'm especially fond of right around three and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh, three and a half minutes in, <laughs> yeah. there's some great shots. There's one that's apparently taken from a jet. That's about the mm. best we can figure because of the speed we're talking. Right. And it tracks right along with the train through the French countryside. It's awesome. And then there's several cameras on the ground. There's cameras on the train that are documenting the, the – they're showing the wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're showing uh, the electrical con- electrical connection up, you know, overhead. Um, they're showing the conductor. I guess you still call him a conductor. Controller. I don't know. I, I don't um, know. Speed King. Yeah, and then they have this, this shot where um, media has gathered on a bridge to watch this thing pass. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Can you believe the speed? When you see this thing pass underneath that bridge, you absolutely won't believe your eyes how fast this thing is going. If you want to watch it uh, at a slow enough pace where you can actually see it pass into the bridge... I, I would recommend kind of pausing it and then slowly, you know, using your mouse to cycle through. <laughs> Does that work? Because I, um, I, I tell you, it, it's gone so quickly. I watched it several times just yeah. to see it coming and going. And it's it, like a snap. It really is. It's super fast. You won't believe it. But I get the feeling, you know, let me tell you, I'm all on the uh, the maglev train. <laughs> you know, conceptually, train. yeah, I'm on that train. Okay. I love that. Well, but, as a matter of fact, the maglev train holds the absolute world record for speed boom yeah you knew it i'm holding my arms up, but not by much uh surprisingly enough now that now this train remember there's there's no resistance it's on it's well other than air resistance right it's traveling on a cushion of air and the maglev train has reached a maximum speed of 361 miles per hour i reiterate boom yeah 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 no that's awesome (laughs) yeah i would totally ride that you are so cool ben what's that you're cool Oh man, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, you throw in the well, lingo. Little, you got it's a little feather in my I mean, cap. You even do Appreciate like the fist bump thing when you walk down the hallway. The guys. Oh yeah, well that I think that makes uh, us look probably cool. old. It's probably outdated. I don't know. I'm, yeah, we're probably out of touch. Yeah, I'm old. Well, I, really I mean, am. don't be don't be too hard on yourself, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what though? Let's let's talk about this. Is totally different, um, but I, I don't think we should wait till the end. Uh, high speed trains are not a perfect technology, and mishaps do occur. Oh yeah. You know what? Um, I do have a couple of accidents to report on. Uh, not that I'm breaking news here or anything, but uh, <laughs> right. these happened years ago. Um, now, high spe- I can imagine that this is pretty dangerous. I mean, extremely dangerous. You're talking about high speed, 
lot of people, probably not many in seatbelts on you know on these trains yeah. if they're if they're going cross country. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are in dining cars or whatever. I don't know if they even have that or not. I think the train ride is so fast that maybe mm-hmm. you mostly sit in your seat. I don't it know. It probably depends on distance. But we're talking about a, a lot of speed here. Yeah. Um, in 1998, there was a German train called the Intercity Express, which they um, the acronym is ICE, I-C-E, for Inner mm-hmm. City Express. And that train, unfortunately, slammed into a concrete bridge at top speed. And I guess it killed 101 people, Ben. There were, wow. there were, you know, there were hundreds of people on, on board of these things. So Now, there's a conflicting report as to whether a car fell off a bridge to cause this mm-hmm. and landed on the tracks okay. or if the car fell off afterwards and ended up on the tracks. But um, I've seen accounts both ways so i'm not sure exactly what the official investigation was but i mean holy cow 101 people i mean so that's you know one of the again speed it's Mm -hmm. dangerous so you got to consider you know everything in this case um that is still officially the world's um worst high-speed rail disaster at this point so it'll get better from here oh okay so that was the sort of point if yeah sorry to bring it down but you know no let's go up Okay. Slowly, because anyway. I have the feeling you're going to another <laughs> Yeah, accident. this isn't that much better, I'll tell you that, because okay. in April of 2008 in China, mm-hmm. uh, one train jumped the track. It was going, I'm sorry, it was going 81 miles per hour, which happened to be double the official posted speed that was allowed at this point of the track. Okay. Um, so the, tree, the train jumped the track, collided with another train, 70 people killed in this one, 400 injured in that accident. Wow. And this is the crazy part, and this is why I'm even bringing this up, really. Okay. That train line was opened less than 24 hours later. How? They reopened that train line. They, they just worked through the night or through the day or whatever to get this, wow. uh, to get this taken care of. All the train. Now, can you imagine what a, a mess that is when two trains collide? You've seen a train derailment sure, before, yes. right? You've got two, 70 people dead, 400 injured, and within 24 hours, they have this train up and running. Not that train, another train on the mm-hmm. same line up and running again. But to have the line running, that's amazing. Yeah, and I would guess that there would even be, I, mean, I would think that there would have to be track damage even, so they must mm-hmm. have relayed the track in that part of the uh, uh, I'm sure. The country. I, I just couldn't believe that when I heard yeah, that. That's I was blown away. Now here's another one. This one, relatively happy ending, and I'll explain in a moment. Okay. The happy ending is that no humans died in this. That is a happy ending. Okay, I said humans. Remember that. Well, wait, why did it, you? All right. I'll get to no, it. Okay. I'll get to it. In okay. April, April of 2008, again, in Germany, uh-huh. um, another ice train. This one's going 125 miles per hour. Wow. Enters a tunnel, and get this, a flock of sheep had wandered onto the track. What are you doing with sheep in a tunnel? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I mean, not they, you I guess it was right at the, right at, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing anything with them, but they're, they're right at the, the entrance to a tunnel, I guess. Uh-huh. 125 miles per hour. There's no stop in that train. No. The sheep aren't going anywhere because they don't even see it coming, probably. Mm. Um, there yeah. were 135 people on board, and no one was killed, which is remarkable. There were 40 people injured, but I guess because it entered the train, or I'm sorry, entered the tunnel, um, the train wasn't allowed to, you know, tip over or fall off the tracks oh, like right. it normally would in a derailment. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it derailed, but the walls of the tunnel kept it upright, and uh, that probably saved a lot of lives. Except for the save life, human lives. Exactly. The sheep, uh, they didn't do so well. They were not high-speed sheep. No, the uh, the sheep, they had some fatalities. I'm not trying to sound insensitive. No, no, not at all. But, I mean, sheep. holy cow. I mean, That's uh, crazy. To hit a flock of sheep at 125 miles per hour is pretty shocking. Is Are, are things like this, Are <clears throat> is the possibility of some sort of rail disaster, is that why there's no rail in the U.S.? Well, that could be, uh, <laughs> because you know we have we have so many different 
types of terrain here in the United States. That's my this is my own personal guess oh, okay. here. Um, I, I haven't read about this anywhere mm-hmm. or anything, but um, I think that if you're trying to get a train to go from coast to coast, east to west, west to east, you cover so many different types of terrain. You have to go through mountains, and as we know, that doesn't necessarily work for something like this. It would in, right. in places. I mean, when you're traveling across the plains. Sure. But you got to also remember that if you're having a tra- if you have a train that can go 300 miles per hour, 350 miles per hour, yeah. you don't want a car crossing that that uh, no. you know, that that no. uh, track at all. Mm. So you would have to build bridges and tunnels, et cetera, to go over um, expressways and, and smaller roads. And you would probably, I'm just guessing, you'd have to elevate that so that, um, in, in this case, cattle or mm-hmm. sheep or whatever don't wander onto the track or people. Um, you'd have to discourage people somehow from getting across that track because you know that somebody would do it. Somebody would sure. inadvertently be hit just yeah. trying to cross because if you watch this train going 350 miles per hour, you'll see how quickly it arrives and then leaves. And I don't think there's much of a chance for somebody who just doesn't see or hear it coming. You know, that's a really good point, especially about the terrain and the safety concerns mm-hmm. um, because I, I guess it's easy to forget when we talk about uh, Japan and uh, European countries having these great rail systems, they're also working with a lot less area. True, and they're normally, they're, they're connecting two major cities yeah. um, in a lot of cases. Like uh, Russia's working on one right now. It's supposed to be open by the end of this year. Um, I, I'll tell you, I just haven't heard any news about this, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it's supposed to connect St. Petersburg with Moscow. And again, it's supposed to be ready this year, but it's another instance where you know it's just going between two distinct points mm-hmm. it's not really meant to you know be able to go completely around the uh right around circle the, the entire well nation. yeah but we do have something that's kind of in the works and i'll, I'll tell you if you'd yeah, like and this is yeah. this is about all i have really on this okay so, um apparently there is a a plan for high-speed rail here in the united states really and it all ties in with uh this economic stimulus plan there's 13 billion dollars which are, I've seen it's been called a down payment on a high-speed rail system. Billion so with a B. Billion with a B. And Thirteen they, billion. Thirteen billion. Down payment. Well, I've heard it <laughs> called a down payment wow. on a high-speed rail system. Uh-huh. And if you look at the map of this uh, of this proposed plan, sure. and you can search this, you can find it if you if you search for high-speed rail corridor, corridor, I'll say that again. Okay. <laughs> high-speed rail corridor designations. Um, you'll find a map of the U.S. with a layout of the entire proposed um, high-speed rail system for the United States. And it's actually pretty extensive. There are places that are missed, but um, I, I believe it has a lot to do with geography. You think this is a good idea? Uh, I'm gonna say, right. Yeah, I'm going to say I don't really think it's a good idea because okay. it's going to be so ridiculously expensive sure. at this point. Um, maybe I'm way off on this. I don't know. Mm. I, I just don't know how much um, how much of this thing would be used. It seems like it's very expensive, I'm sure it put a lot of people to work right away, you know, to build this thing. Oh, but, I see. Um, yeah. However, I think there's also a significant amount of downsides to something like this. Now, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably an, a lot of upsides to this, a lot of positives. I, I know that there are. Sure. Um, but I don't know. It just seems it seems to me fairly dangerous, and I maybe I'm way off, and I you know, I welcome somebody to tell me that right. you know, I, I am. But um, I don't know. Just gut feeling. I don't know if I would really travel. I, I would feel safe traveling on a high speed rail. And you know what else is funny about this when you mention the price? Our, our tide has turned here. Usually I'm the cheapskate. 
I'm, right. not, I'm not calling yeah. you a cheapskate. <laughs> well, you're talking billions and billions yeah. and billions and yeah. billions of dollars, and you know it'll be under budget, and they'll have to give it more. So right, um, or rather over budget, they'll have to give it more. We so. could end up with a big dig situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and this is pretty. If you look at that map that I mentioned, mm-hmm. it's pretty extensive. So you're not talking about just one one rail system that you know we have to focus on that one and get it done. This is all over the United States. It's it's well, um, I guess, scattered across the United States. You know what? It's uh, I guess it's scattered like our listeners, and I wonder if any of them are going to be affected by this uh, high-speed rail. I, I don't know. Possibly. I guess we've pretty much we've pretty much covered this, guys. Uh, thanks for lending us an ear. If you have any information for us or any questions about an upcoming episode, please do send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com, and remember to check out Scott's blog on the homepage. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.